February is recognized throughout our nation as Black History Month. Here at the North Carolina Justice Academy, we not only join in this celebration, but use this podcast as a method of spotlighting African-American law enforcement leaders. Hello, and welcome to this episode of NCJA 1014. I'm your host, Kirk Tuckett. Um, turn around, I was driving down Quinn. I'm turning around to see if I can find him again. Subject to 1074, Being a police chief or sheriff can often be a daunting task. There are the usual challenges, personnel, budgets, and lobbying elected officials for competitive pay and equipment for those under your command. As an African-American, the road to becoming a law enforcement leader can also be added to that list of daunting tasks. It is indeed an honor to host two of North Carolina's outstanding African-American law enforcement leaders. Tony Durden has been sheriff in Caswell County since 2017, and one of North Carolina's newest African-American leaders is Sheriff Tyrone Ruffin from Bertie County. He's held the top law enforcement job there since December of 2022. On this episode, each of these distinguished leaders will talk about their respective personal experiences as an African-American law enforcement officer as we celebrate Black History Month at the North Carolina Justice Academy. Gentlemen, I'd like to give each of you an opportunity to tell the listeners a bit about you and your law enforcement career. Sheriff Durden, let's begin with you and then Sheriff Ruffin. I thank you, and I appreciate being asked to be on your podcast. I got into law enforcement after the Navy. I I joined the uh, Durham County Sheriff's Office. I worked as a detention officer. Uh, I was living in Caswell County, so I I asked the sheriff then, J.I. Smith, for a job, and he gave me one, and I, I started in detention, and then they so seemed fit to put me on the road, and then I, I worked in various jobs at the sheriff's office. I was a patrol deputy. I I worked as a school resource officer. I worked in the courts. I worked in civil division. I worked, uh, I was the captain over the jail. I was uh, a major of operations. And then I was appointed sheriff. And then I was elected sheriff. And the rest is history. Um, well, again, I do want to say thank you so much for this opportunity for uh, inviting me to do this interview. Very, um, very thankful for that. And I just want to say that, you know, I um, have recently been elected as the sheriff in Bertie County, North Carolina, where I was sworn in on December the 5th, 2022. And so my background a little bit is that, you know, I came from a small town of Murfreesboro, North Carolina, which is in Hereford County. And in Murfreesboro, North Carolina, we were raised in a single wide trailer with nine children. <laughs> and that was uh, that was very, very uh, difficult. But um, thank God, because it brought our family to be very close together. It taught us, you know, the values of life and everything like that. And so through that, um, as I grew up, um, I've always wanted to be a law enforcement officer. And um, I recall back, um, Mr. Kirk, I recall back when we did the elementary school assignment that asked, what did you want to be when you grew up? And my response was always a law enforcement officer. And so when I was able to get to the age of um, applying, I did apply. 
And um, thank God I was able to get in. And since then, I've been able to, you know, have different law enforcement jobs and up to the point now that I am the elected sheriff in Bertie County, North Carolina. Thank you for your overviews. If you all are good with it, I'll just keep the same order as I work through our conversation. Sheriff Durden, what caused you to join up for your first law enforcement job? Well, I always had a lifelong dream of being in law enforcement. I always, I always used to dream about being a Texas Ranger because I'm from Texas, and uh, that was my dream job. But, you know, it's just 100 Texas Rangers in the whole state of Texas. So, you know, that was one of those, you know, wistful thinking dreams. But I always wanted to be in law enforcement. And when I got out to Navy, me and my wife at the time, we decided that we wanted to move to North Carolina. And uh, this is our home state, and I needed a job. And so, uh, you know, as a as a veteran, I just freshly out the Navy, I I went to the unemployment office, and uh, they had uh, job openings in Durham, North Carolina, as uh, detention officers. And so I applied, I went through the process, and I got the job. And so we moved back to Caswell County, our home county, and. Uh, I went to work in Durham. And Sheriff Ruffin, what about you? I was very fascinated with the North Carolina State Highway Patrol. And still to this day, I respect the North Carolina Highway Patrol with everything. And they are, you know, elite in what they do. Um, and that's honestly what I wanted to do. I wanted to be a North Carolina State Trooper. Um, but God led us in a different way. So, and, and I believe just law enforcement in general and seeing law enforcement officers was just an excitement for me, and uh, which I guess all of them were my mentor. Um, but since then, um, I did have one that I was very close with um, when I first got into law enforcement. His name was Jesse Tyrone Fennell. And um, even when I got into law enforcement, he ended up becoming my supervisor. So, um, so that was um, that was my mentor. But again, I believe that all law enforcement, just by the way that they carry themselves, um, have fascinated me to become a law enforcement officer. As law enforcement leaders who are also African Americans, do you feel any additional pressure either internally or externally, Sheriff Durden? No, sir. I don't feel additional pressures. There's there's pressures that come with the job, regardless of uh, race, creed, or color. But I think uh, being African American, it, it gives me a perspective that I can see things differently that uh, just African Americans or people of color may see uh, and have a better understanding of where they're coming from. And Sheriff Ruffin, what about your pressures? Um, well, uh, I, I must be honest that, you know, I wouldn't say necessarily racial, I wouldn't say, but policing a area that you have been born and raised and reared in, um, people may not have understood the, uh, the meaning for you to do that. And especially when you was someone who everybody knew. Um, I do not think that the community and my friends understood, but because I had treated them with respect, I treated them how I wanted to be treated, um, I believe that we have built that relationship to know that, you know, uh, that I was only trying to build myself a career to be successful. And I believe over time, 
that we have uh, built a relationship. But again, I did receive some tension, a lot of tension, policing the community which I was born, raised, and reared in. Along with the occasional pressures in leadership, there are likely a few challenges as well. Sheriff Durden, have you had a challenge or two in your tenure? I always tell folk that, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm past 50, and so I didn't grow up uh, in segregated South or this and that. You know, I've always been inclusive, I, but, I, you know, I've lived in neighborhoods that was segregated, but not by law, you understand. But with, with that being said, uh, when I got into law enforcement, I'm of the mindset that I was afforded the opportunity to uh, do a job. And if I did the job as well as I possibly could, I would advance. Now, I don't know if I was passed o- over for some promotions or anything because of my race, but I know this, that I've been blessed that I have had an opportunity to uh, advance in my career, and I've been blessed that uh, I don't believe that I've been hindered in any way because of it. Sheriff Ruffin, you've spent your entire career in Bertie County. Your greatest challenge may be the fact that everybody knows you. (laughs) Yes, yes. Uh, In my early days, I I was a radio announcer, uh, before law enforcement. And as a matter of fact, I went from radio announcing and, and one or two other jobs into law enforcement. So, uh, yes, a lot of people knew what my name was. And, uh, and again, yes, I've had people to stop at the actual traffic stop to uh, speak to uh, my radio name was the Mighty Pie. And again, yes, that, that was some funny days to, uh, to have people to ride past. And again, some people stopped, you know, and again, some people just hollered out the window, some of them blew the horn. I've had a great career, and, and I believe that because uh, since I've been sworn in as a law enforcement officer, I have always tried to be a, a part of the community in which I had served. And... Um, the most that I can say, Kirk, about being racially profiled, I'm just going to be honest. I believe that it came from my kind um, of, again, as I stated earlier, people not understanding uh, or seeing somebody from the people being for the people. Um, but I would say that I believe that I have broke that barrier Um, Because the way that I've always looked at it, Kirk, is that I could be the one that changed the vision of what the street's perception is of law enforcement. So that has been my goal, even through the tension um, that I've been through by policing my own community. I've always had the mindset that I may be that one that can change the mindset and the perception of the people. And for me now to be the top law enforcement officer in Bertie County, I believe that that barrier has been broken. But yes, I did go through tension and I would say racially, um, racial tension, but it was from my own kind. Law enforcement techniques and training tend to change based on high profile incidents. 
And in 2020, our nation watched as what would become an in-custody death of George Floyd take place. That eight minutes and 46 seconds not only set off civil unrest throughout the country, but put a spotlight on law enforcement training. I'd like to hear what each of you have experienced in your respective jurisdictions, beginning once again with Caswell County Sheriff Tony Durden. We had a, uh, a protest, a peaceful protest march uh, throughout uh, through the town of Yanceyville. Uh, we, uh, all of my deputies, we blocked off the road that so that the the protest march could proceed down Main Street, and uh, we we also marched alongside the people that were protesting, just making sure one that everyone was safe and also making sure that they knew uh, the people that were protesting and anyone else who was watching that we were standing for right. You, know, you understand that we believed that Mr. Floyd was killed unnecessarily and unlawfully. So we, uh, we stood behind what we believe was right. And what about you, Sheriff Ruffin? Um, I would say that here in Bertie County, Kirk, that we have a very close family-knit community and county. So I wouldn't necessarily say that we, we heard the chatter of it, but I would not necessarily say that we received the movement here in Bertie, and again, because we do have a close-knit family community here in Bertie County. Now, we're going to stay on the topic of George Floyd, but what we would deal with here, Kurt, and Bertie is more of if we have violence that occurs in Bertie, then we will receive movements or we will receive uh, marches and people doing events. But necessarily for George Floyd, we did not receive any of the feel that came from that. And I believe my answer to that is because Bertie County is a very close-knit family community, family-oriented community and county. This is a bit of a difficult question, possibly requiring some speculation on your part. Leadership is often a breeding ground for criticism. And I'd like to know if you've ever felt your critics were more harsh because of your race. Sheriff Durden? Now, see, you're you asking me to psychoanalyze some of my critics. Now, but I, I, in today's world, people dislike you for a lot of reasons. Um, you may be too tall. You may be too round. You may be too thin. And the most, if I have critics, uh, the most of them, I don't think it's where well, it could be about race, but it usually is about politics. And politics, oh, it, it, it's nasty, meaning that uh, you you are this party or you are that party, and if you are this party, you're you're the devil, or you're that party, you're a saint. So uh, maybe we need to look at that. That uh, some of that is causing some of the friction uh, with people having more critics than they deserve. Sheriff Ruffin. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I will start off with 
uh, uh, telling you, Kurt, that I um, I am now in a political seat and a political arena. So by me being a leader in a political arena, yes, we will face criticism. We we and and I have faced criticism again because you're basically and a competition for who's best for the seat. So, um, but one of the things that I would say in regards to the criticism is I do not classify them to be because of race at all. I don't, I base them based on that I may not have been the candidate of their choice. And with that, one of the things about me is that I started my career in 2007. And since then, I know the person that I have been. I know the work that I have done. I have sacrificed my life and my time and, you know, took time away from my children and my family to make sure that the street that I serve was safe. So when the critics, uh, that may not have been in support of me because of the of the campaign. It really did not bother me because I knew who I was, and I worked hard to get to where I was. And not only that, Kirk, but I didn't I didn't just talk about it. I had documentations, which certifications of my training records. And I had pictures that takes me all the way back to 2007 that basically show you that I was not just talking, that I was who I said that I was. So when I say that, I won't agree that the critics was because of my race. I feel that the critics was because of the campaign and that I may not have been a candidate of their choice. Now my job now that I'm in the seat and I, that I am a leader in this political arena is to uh, make sure that I show the same people, the same critics, that it doesn't matter your race, it doesn't matter your sex, it doesn't matter, you know, anything about you that as a leader that, you know, I will be that leader that will serve all people. Um, and, and that's the best way that I can answer that, Kurt, um, is that we we all face criticism, even the law enforcement officers, but more of the leaders because the leader is the chief, you know, that should be leading. And again, the critics did not, from, from my point of view, the critics did not come from the race. It came from actual not being the candidate of their choice. Sheriff Durden got me on a psychoanalytical question earlier. So while I'm on a roll, I'm just going to go ahead and ask each of you to grab your crystal ball. From your vantage points as African-American leaders who are also in law enforcement, what do you see as the future of policing? Sheriff Durden. Well, you know, we go in stages in policing. Uh, you know, we had community policing. We had this and that. Then it went to the uh, 21st century policing. And, you know, that's a, one of those situations that is an unknown, meaning that uh, a lot of my friends who are sheriffs, or who were sheriffs, they got they getting out the business because it's one of these uh, situations that you don't know what's going to happen. They believe or they feel that um, 
it's not a you don't have a win-win situation meaning that you can't win you you uh you're always up against it and you're always getting criticized you're always doing this and all doing that but you know we have we up to transparency that's the uh, key word for everyone we want to be transparent we want to make sure everyone knows what we're doing and maybe that is the future but the problem is being transparent sometimes when you let people see how the sausages are made sometimes you know they don't want to see that and sometimes you know we catch people at their worst in law enforcement some most of the time but Hopefully, law enforcement can remain that we're we're protecting the most vulnerable. We're doing a service to the public. I mean, I wanted to stay the same, but it's going to have to change that we're going to have to do things in different ways. Because one, we're we're unable to recruit uh, our best and our brightest to come into law enforcement, meaning that we have some of the best and the brightest, but. We're we're losing um, a lot of them to different jobs, uh, and some of this is because we can't pay them what they can get paid just sitting at home answering the phone or uh, punching a button on a computer. And a lot of things we need to push forward with. I just wanted to say there's just that old saying that exists that the only thing constant is change, and this is not the same job that it was 30 years ago, and you're a witness to that. Well, that is true. That it's not the same job because technology is different. And if you're, you know, some of us dinosaurs, uh, you know, we just, <laughs> we can't even use a cell phone. So uh, it's just things that we, uh, we have to learn. And it's a young person's game. And uh, we just got to make sure that we're out recruiting our best and our brightest and trying to make sure that we equip them with the materials they need to be successful. And Sheriff Ruffin, you get the final word with your thoughts on the future of policing. Hmm. I'm glad you asked that, uh, Kirk, uh, because I am one of the youngest leaders in North Carolina and especially in the office of Sheriff. I am one of the youngest leaders. So, I am trying to take a step back to look at basically um, what law enforcement was and what law enforcement is going to. Now, when I started law enforcement in 2007, from today where we are today, it is totally, (laughs) totally different. And uh, so I'm trying to take into consideration of where we have come from, where we are going. One of the things that I was saying in my campaign when I was campaigning was that, you know, the law will remain the law, but the method that we discharge the law has to change. And I believe that some of the law enforcement agencies are trying to remain that military that military appearance and this, you know, tough guy appearance. And it's not being accepted by the people anymore. And so the thing is that we, as law enforcement, we as parents, you know, we have to hold our foundation, but we have to change with the time. And so one of the things, again, as a young leader that I do, uh, Kirk, is that I try to set a very high standard 
of appearance, of being a role model, um, of just being, of just trying to make law enforcement look the best that it can look. I would say that I believe that I'm making a difference. And I'll give you an example. I come to work every day nearly in a three-piece suit so that the young people will take a look at me and say, I would love to be like Sheriff Tyrone Russell. And that's what I do to try to change the perceptive and, again, to help people to understand that law enforcement, you know, is down to earth. And they are people, they are family people. And so basically, um, again, Kirk, I'll say that policing, there is a future for policing, but we have to change. February is Black History Month in the United States. And the North Carolina Justice Academy is proud to play a part in celebrating African-American law enforcement leadership in our state. On this episode of NCJA 1014, it has indeed been a professional honor to speak with a couple of leaders from across our state. On behalf of the Academy, our thanks to Caswell County Sheriff Tony Durden and Bertie County Sheriff Tyrone Ruffin. Gentlemen, thank you for your time and most especially for this very frank conversation that we had as we highlight Black History Month on this episode of NCJA 1014. Until next time, please stay safe. NCJA 1014.